This is a Suno India production and you're listening to the Climate Emergency. The videos of kangaroos and koala bears being rescued in bushfires in Australia have made it to headlines all over the world. This year the bushfires were as big as that of the whole of South Korea, killing more than a billion animals in the forests and damaging millions of dollars of property. Scientists have warned that a hotter, drier climate will contribute to fires becoming more frequent and more intense. Many parts of Australia have now been in drought conditions some for years which has made it easier for the fires to spread and grow. Scientists warn that beyond a rise of 2 degrees centigrade, the impacts of climate breakdown are likely to become catastrophic and irreversible. Yet, the current global commitments to cut greenhouse gas emissions under the Paris Agreement are estimated to put the world on track of 3 degrees centigrade of heating. To discuss this and more, we talk with Kaushik Sridhar. Kaushik is based out of Melbourne and has experience in the sustainability and climate change space. He was trained by Nobel laureate Al Gore as a climate reality leader by Climate Reality. I am uh, working here in Melbourne, Australia. I head up sustainability for Australia's uh, largest aged care company. Um, And I've worked in this space for the past 12 years. Um, across a whole range of industries um, and organizations, including the likes of KPMG, um, Ernst & Young, Macquarie, uh, etc. I also teach at uh, Monash University, University of Melbourne and RMIT. I teach uh, sustainability accounting and strategic sustainability. Um, also sit on a few not-for-profit boards. And finally, I'm also part of the Climate Reality um, Project, which I believe you have also been a part of um, in terms of doing the training. Australian fires that are happening. Uh, we hear about it in news here a little, but I don't think we have an in-depth understanding of what exactly uh, is causing the fires. Have these been happening and what all, uh, you know, if you could explain a little more uh, to our listeners, that would be of great help. Yeah, sure, Rakesh. It's interesting because I've been in Australia now since 2006 and every year we have uh, the bushfires, um, but I think in terms of the extreme impacts and the severity of the the fires themselves, we probably haven't seen something like what's what we're currently experiencing um, across various parts of Australia. Um, and the other thing also is I was on holidays when the bushfires kind of kicked off here, so I was following it a little bit like yourself over the media, um, and it probably didn't hit me as hard as when I. Um, you know, having come back to Melbourne, I, you know, as soon as I came out, out, of, out of the airport, I just inhaled the smoke, which reminded me of places like Beijing or, or New Delhi, you know, in terms of the air pollution. And I just popped out my my air quality uh, measurement app. And what it said was the air quality was 29 out of 100. Um, and at the same time, Beijing was 39 and New Delhi was 42. So for me, it it kind of put things in perspective that something didn't seem right. Um, and the third thing is I just recently traveled to Perth. And as I was traveling back, I literally saw uh, like a fire cloud that covered a vast uh, part of part of uh, the city. Um, and, you know, when you see something like that from a plane as you're leaving the place, it's, uh, it's it can get a bit emotional. So the, a number of number of things have really alerted me to this issue. In addition to what I see on the media, 
Um, but in a nutshell, uh, Rakesh, I guess over the past few months, um, the bushfires here in Australia, mainly in the, I guess, the southeast, so New South Wales, Victoria, South Australia, um, parts of Western Australia, which is obviously in the west, um, there's been bushfires that have scorched millions of acres of land. Um, we've got, I think, about two, two, two dozen deaths, two dozen, two dozen people have lost their life, and initially it was uh, half a billion animals, but until I think it was recalculated, and yesterday it was, it's now at one billion more than 1 or 1.2 billion animals have lost their lives uh, from these bushfires, um, which is just, I think, an absolute tragedy. Um, and one of the conversations that's happening at a policy level, at a media level, at government level, at pretty much every level is the impact of climate change on the bushfires um, and whether that is the case, whether, whether that is the main driver or not. Um, and our prime minister has actually called a royal commission into the bushfires. He's going to submit that to the parliament um, next week. And if it goes ahead, basically, we will spend the next, I think, year, year and a half investigating and dissecting the root cause behind these bushfires um, and exactly how we can prevent the, um, I guess, the extent or the severity of this from happening again. Um, so, yes, yeah, so human lives, animal lives, land uh, degradation. Um, so, you know, environmental impact, social impact, the economic impact goes into the billions in terms of what we've lost um, financially from this, the small businesses that have been affected, the livelihoods. Um, I think some towns have pretty much been wiped out of the map uh, here in Victoria. So uh, what I'm trying to understand is, you know, what causes these fires? And uh, if this has been happening every year, uh, why is it so big this year? What has made, why is the fire bigger than the previous year or the years before? Why is it being talked a lot now than before? You know, when we look at those climate reality slides that, that Al Gore uh, presented and gave to us, you know, it talks about the hottest year on record, the driest year on record. And generally, you see Australia popping up in in some of those slides as being the country to to watch out for in terms of these sorts of conditions. So I guess from, from my perspective, there are really two factors um, that that have exacerbated the Australian bushfires um, it's one is heat, you know, extreme heat, uh, and the other one is um, dry conditions. You know, we we've had a lot of droughts in recent times. A lot of our farmers have really been hit by this, um, and this is due to experiencing long-term dry conditions and exceptionally um, low rainfall. Last summer, Australia had our hottest year on record. You know, we I think um, on January 24th, 2019, 91 of the hottest hottest um, locations on the planet were all located in Australia. So that that gives you a sense of how hot it's been. Um, and as you know, with enhanced evaporation, especially in warmer temperatures, the vegetation and soils dry out more and more quickly. So if the rainfall isn't happening, um, you know, the, the, the risk of a fire risk is just um, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and so, yeah, so I think the, the heat the dry conditions. Um, these are definitely two reasons, you know, why we've had some extreme fires. And you probably see this in other parts of the world, like um, Brazil, uh, California. They've experienced some pretty bad fires as well. Um, some people also say, you know, what about human uh, causes? And of course, there is definitely um, the the arson attack um, that causes quite a bit of uh, heartache and fires. Um, but I think it's the severity. And that's where climate comes in. That's where the change in climate comes in. It's made it a lot more worse and severe um, due to, you know, lack of rain, extreme heat, unprecedented droughts. 
um, etc. So I think to answer your question about the intensity, uh, it is it is definitely attributed to a t- changing climate, um, and we're starting to see those effects more and more and more. And we were warned, Rakesh, we were warned that this fire was going to be bad. We were warned about it 12 months ago, um, and there was an opportunity at uh, at certain levels to try and mitigate the impact. And unfortunately, it was too little too late. One billion animals is crazy. Um, have the population as much as India. Uh, I mean, how big are these fires? I read somewhere that they're as big as some countries. I mean, how can fires become so big and unmanageable? Uh, I mean, I know that there are ways of, you know, putting off fires, but uh, this is crazy level. Uh, what what has been done and what could have been done? Uh, so, yeah, so when you talk about animals, 1.25 billion is the official statistic. Um, when you talk about land, I think it's like 10 million hectares. So, so yeah, if you look at the size of some countries, that's pretty much all been wiped out. If you uh, equate that to what we've lost here in Australia, um, I think as I said before, uh, Rakesh, in terms of the extent of these fires, um, what could have been done, I guess, is having a really strong um, energy policy or a climate policy around um, acknowledging, in fact that the climate is changing. You know, we did have a certain commitment that we made to Paris in the Paris Agreement, but um, I think that globally we're not moving in the right trajectory. So as a nation, what can we do if per capita we are one of the highest emitters in the world? Um, And I'm not sure how much you know about our climate policy uh, or energy policy here in Australia. And I, I probably won't talk too much about this, but I guess the sense that I'm trying to give you and your audience is, um, it's not where it could be, um, and that's simply because we have we haven't, I guess, officially acknowledged the fact in our lingo. Um, and you know, wait for it, climate change is real. <laughs> so um, I think the bushfires, in a you know, in a sad way, has obviously done a lot of damage. But I mean this in the right, in in all best way possible, in a good way. The bushfire has actually, I guess, ignited a conversation um, from a from a government level, from a senior government level, that that the climate is actually one of the biggest um, drivers for this. Um, and when human loss, animal loss, biodiversity loss, financial loss is all starting to add up, um, and when we're starting to see the health effects, I think that's the one thing that we haven't really discussed is the health impacts. You know, the number of people who have, I guess, called, um, you know, what do you call 911 or triple zero here in Australia uh, in terms of being unable to breathe um, and, you know, those with respiratory conditions. I work in aged care. So, you know, the impacts on the elderly, the impact of the bushfire is is it's pretty it's it's so many fold. It's health, it's life, it's death, it's land, it's cost. Um, and so this is all, I guess, uh, accumulated into an atomic, uh, atomic bomb for the government that, guys, we need to acknowledge that the climate is changing. Climate change is real um, and it is getting worse and worse and worse, as we can see through things like the bushfire and droughts. And it's not just the bushfires, Rakesh. We have droughts. We have so many other uh, issues that have stemmed from a changing climate. So this is one thing. Um, it is so visible. It is so powerful. Um, um, and obviously a lot of celebrities and, you know, we're having this podcast session now. So it's created a lot of awareness about one particular disaster that's happening in Australia, man-made. 
Um, but there are so many other ones where a lot of vulnerable people are being affected. Um, and the other thing is, it's not just Australia. You know, bushfires are global. Droughts are global. You know, you're calling me from India. There's so many uh, socioeconomic issues happening there from a, from a changing climate. So I think Paris Agreement is one thing, but actually things like this is what serves as a wake-up call um, for people and countries to put a bit more effort behind trying to deal with, um, you know, a potential major, major, major disaster from happening in the future. So, I mean, even when we look at India, uh, we don't necessarily have such huge forest fires, but we are starting to see them. A couple of years back, we did see in uh, the state of Uttarakhand, there were forest fires. But there's still, I think, uh, manageable uh, space, but we have huge forests. And that is one thing that uh, scares me that with changing climate, uh, a few degrees, in, you know, increase would mean that uh, the forest getting drier and um, the possibility of forest fires getting larger every year. Exactly. And what you're saying, um, that's that's such a good point, because when you think about uh, bushfires, they can have a ripple effect on, you know, the landscape and also on the global climate, because, you know, fires can cause what we call here as ember storms, which can lead to additional fires, you know, when embers from smaller fires are picked up by the wind. Um, but it also adds carbon dioxide, which is, as you know, a, a major greenhouse gas into the atmosphere, which only amplifies um, um, climate change. And we're, you know, we're in Australia, we're seeing this disaster with the one degree warming of the planet. That's what, you know, we, let's say one degree. So let's assume that it's one, it becomes one and a half, two or three. So how do we, you know, project how these bushfires, how bad they're going to look or how bad the disasters are going to get in Australia or India or wherever it might be. So it's, it's just a matter of time. You would have heard of a ticking time bomb. Um, but I guess from my perspective, I always see the glass half full. Someone asked me once, you know, what, what do we need to do in Australia to create um, a shift in mindset? You know, my view is always we don't really have a voice, a very charismatic voice that gets this and I guess articulates it in a sense that people can understand, be, understand it because sometimes climate change can be quite, can go either way. And I completely agree. There's always two sides to the coin, but we need we need someone who can really get behind it, who has a lot of, uh, I guess, power. And the other thing is a disaster. You know, something has to happen uh, for people to wake up or some people, sometimes you say protests or this and that. So I think this is um, one way of trying to make change here. I don't necessarily understand, but I, I know that uh, in Australia, you have uh, a very strong coal lobby, if I'm not wrong, right? Uh, right? And the whole political situation depends on, you know, either it's pro-climate or anti-climate, the two clear distinction. I think it's happening everywhere around the world, not just Australia, where we're starting to see, at least in all the developing countries. In India, thankfully, we don't have climate deniers, but we don't have climate change policy executors as well. So <laughs> it doesn't really add yeah. value. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, what I wanted to also uh, understand is when will these fires end? I mean, such big fires. I mean, how do you put off? Do you wait for nature to again change its course or uh, can there be something actively done to stop this? One would obviously be a reprieve in temperatures. So uh, we did experience quite a bit of heat over the past few weeks and months, which has obviously exacerbated the fires, but there has been a bit of a decline in temperatures in some states. Like, for example, here in, in Melbourne, as I speak to you, you know, the air quality reading is now 86 out of 100, which is really, really good. Um, and that's because we've had a cool change and quite a bit of rain over the past few days. And that's helped 
uh, subside, if that's the right word, some of the extreme bushfires we've been experiencing in Victoria. Um, obviously, there's some, um, you know, helicopters with uh, with certain technologies that have been hired, uh, which are due, I think, uh, in the next couple of days, which will be used to try and put out some some of the more extreme fires. I believe some fires have actually joined in New in two states to create what you call a mega bushfire which is actually quite scary, um, Rakesh. Um, I actually haven't seen it, but I'm heading to Sydney tomorrow. Um, and I'm guessing as I fly over New South Wales, I'll be experiencing this bushfire firsthand. Um, so I'll, I'll see that then. Um, but yeah, I think it's a bit of, bit of that. Uh, we've got so much resources in terms of our volunteer firefighters. Uh, and I say the word volunteer. I'm not sure if, if uh, that resonates with you in, in where you're based, but our firefighters are all volunteers um, and we've got so many of them deployed across the country, uh, plus support from other parts of the world, you know, from the United States and, and other countries, New Zealand, etc. So together they're doing their best. Unfortunately, we had one firefighter lose his life uh, today. Um, you know, so, uh, so yeah, I think it's a bit of human resources, a bit of uh, luck. Uh, from above, a bit of a weather change. Um, but yeah, it's, and in some cases, it's a matter of the, the I guess, Mother Nature running her course. Um, and even, even the ability to do a bit of back burning is not really possible because that's how severe the fires are. Um, so they're, they're just waiting for a reprieve to try and do, utilize some of those techniques. Um, um, so yeah, so I, I think, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, I mean, I was also reading about, uh, you know, that there were reports about people starting fires, but these are giant yes. fires. Do, I mean, why would anyone start a fire, one, um, intentionally? <laughs> Two, I mean, uh, what's happening in that front? I mean, why are there reports about, is it like climate deniers trying to justify it or what? why is this happening? Well, we call them arsonists and we always had arsonists here in Australia. Why they start a fire, Rakesh? That's not a question for me because I'm on your, just like you, like, why would you, right? But <laughs> um, there's been, there, people start fires, uh, you know, through cigarettes and just chucking things the wrong way. And it creates one little spark, which ultimately leads to an entire town being wiped out. So, uh, you know, why, um, why would you? Why, why would people do things sometimes that make you think, you know, why would you do that thing? Um, but then again, there are people like that in this world uh, that just uh, do things because they feel like doing it. So um, there's a lot of arsonists. There have been fires in, in Australia in this bushfire season that have been man-made. Um, but I guess I need to reiterate the fact that, yes, fires have been man-made in some cases and in some mother nature. But I guess the the severity of it, the ability for it to get bigger and stronger and fiercer comes from the, the, the levers and the parameters from a weather point of view that surround it, extreme weather events, uh, for lack of a better word. So I guess, you know, if there's, if there's one thing that I can kind of <clears throat> share with your audience, it is the fact that, um, it is, it is, it is extreme weather events. It is a changing climate and it is, it is an absolute national disaster that if we had put our heads together even 12 months ago or 18 months ago, I'm not saying we could have prevented it 100%, um, but we would have probably been a little bit more prepared for it um, with uh, without having to lose 1.2 billion animals or, you know, 24 lives or 10 million hectares. And that's that's the estimated damage, Rakesh. Um, I would highly recommend your audience to stay tuned because in March, 
April, you will see the full extent financially, environmentally, and socially. And that's excluding the health impacts. You know, if you think about the children, the elderly, what sort of things are they breathing in from these bushfires? What sort of a long-term health impact is that going to have on them, which you won't see today and tomorrow? You're going to see it in 12 months, 24 months, you know, five, 10 years down the track. Um, so this is definitely one um, disaster that nobody is going to forget in Australia or globally. Thank you for listening to this episode of Climate Emergency. If you like this episode and would like to support the work that we are doing, please contribute generously at sunoindia.in slash support. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Podcast, Castbox, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Or you can go to our website, sunoindia.in. 